You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. And thank you for that. And what's so great about that song is the testimony of the family of the one that's singing the song. And they back it up. Uh, a lot of health issues in their family and still trusting the Lord and moving forward. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to live it. And thankful that we've got people that not only have their faith and their belief system, they are living it out. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. All right, keep your Bibles out here as we are uh, going, continuing our series on under attack under attack. And you know, as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And for the believer, we are under attack. There is an enemy that you and I face. It's, it is not just that somebody dislikes us, there is a devil that hates God, and to get back at God, he wants to destroy us. The Bible says that he wants to devour us. And so when we look at this, we recognize that, that we are in a battle. And just like those that have been in battle and those that have served and those that are prepared to do so and going into battle for our country, there is preparation that has to take place. There is training that goes on. There is the equipment that we have to have to make sure that we are ready for the opposition that we are going to face. And in the spiritual war, we have to make sure that we are putting on the whole armor of God. Because the battle is real. Now, we've looked at many different aspects of the battle. This morning, I'm going to address an a, a aspect of the battle, the attack this morning, that is one that people don't like to talk about. It's one that is being more predominant in our society, but it's an area where we don't want to recognize, we don't want to embrace that there could really be an attack in my life in this area. Under attack. And this morning, I'm going to speak to you on the subject, mental health. Mental health. You see, without mental health, there is no ability to fight back. Now, the, the term mental health is used in the, uh, in the media. It is a term that is used in the medical field. And, uh, and when that term is used, uh, it is usually a little bit distance. Nobody wants to have the label of having a problem with mental health. But the reality is everybody deals with mental health. Everybody. I mean, just stop and think about mental health over the last year. Think about how our world changed. 
Those of you that are sort of gregarious and you, you go out and you talk to people and all of a sudden you are withdrawn from everybody, how did that do to your mental psyche? Those that all of a sudden found themselves being afraid to be around people. You know what, if somebody reaches their hand out to shake, I'll shake somebody's hand. I have zero concern about it. But there are people that really are concerned about it. Now, does it mean that that's wrong? One is right, one is wrong? No. The, the difference, though, is we have, we have changed how we think. I mean, when we change the auditorium back into rows as opposed to having three chairs here, two chairs here, four chairs here, six chairs here, and we had them all spread out in family groups and uh, to where people could come in, and they felt comfortable doing so as long as nobody got too close. People that have been in church their whole life People that are used to the chairs not being as spread out as they are this morning. But what happened? What was going on in our world impacted our thinking. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't have a hand sand? No, absolutely. Does that mean that if you are someone that is more vulnerable to getting sick, that you should just wave? Man, absolutely. You know, we have to guard the realities in our life. But the truth is, the things that have taken place in our world in the last year have impacted us mentally. There are people that would never have stayed home watching online who now do not cons even consider coming back in person. Why? Because something has happened. Before, they were in person for everything that was going on. When we opened our classes back up for the children's ministries, what, what happened? There were people that were apprehensive about putting their child in a class. Now, I understand being concerned for well-being and health, but the reality is that the, the, the things that are going on in the world impact how we think. And if we are going to have true mental health, then we have to make sure that we are thinking properly. What do we focus on? What is guiding our minds? So in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a what? A what? A what? A sound mind. Now the word sound here 
is the only time this word is used in the Bible. It is a completely separate word. And they're the root forms of this word, but in this Greek lemma, in this word, this lemma, this Greek word is only used one time in the entire word of God. Uh, and with that, what we find is that word means self-disciplined. Self-disciplined. God says that I have not given you the spirit of fear, and you know what? Right now, there is a spirit of fear in our world. It's not just in America. It's in the world. We've got missionaries that are still locked down, can't go outside their home. Uh, there are curfews. Uh, mission, our our uh, mission family, the Lannings, uh, in Thailand, uh, they can't go out. There's curfews on when they can be out and when they can't be out. They can be out certain certain times to go grocery shopping, and that's it. And then they got to be locked back down again. Uh, and you know what? There is a spirit of fear. And God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Now, the devil wants to attack everything that God gives. And God said, I have given you a self-disciplined mind. Now, if God has given us a self-disciplined mind, then should the media control our mindset? We sort of got quiet right there. Should the media control our mindset? No, it shouldn't. Should, should we allow just the, the, the happenings in life? There are very real injurious things that happen in life. Uh, the Soli family's back and, and uh, just losing their mom. Uh, you, you think about different people that are fighting with health issues uh, and uh, uh, handicapped children, uh, marital struggles, financial problems. These are all areas that are very real problems that we deal with. There's health issues, but there's a whole nother dynamic of everything else that's going on uh, in this world. And and as we go through the life that God has given to us, God says, listen, I have given you a sound mind. Now, it's available, but we don't all take advantage of it. We don't all take what we have been given. Just stop and think about it. How many of you would like to go back to 18 years old if you knew what you know now about investing? <laughs> if you could backtrack and change some things. Uh, I, we were six, I was 16 years old and, uh, and uh, got paid the 1st and the 15th and every paycheck when I was uh, 16, uh, I, was, I was buying a $50 uh, savings bond and I did that uh, up until I got married uh, and then I didn't have any money to buy any savings bonds. No, uh, just kidding. But, uh, you know, we, we did that. We were saving. Uh, but when we went to college, all that sort of changed and, uh, and so uh, that changed. But, but if I could go back, there are some things that I would definitely do different. 
You see, the mind that we have just because we know something doesn't mean that we do what we know. And God has given us a sound mind, but we have to take advantage of it. We can set that which God has given aside and we can be driven by all the events of life. Unfortunately, the pressures and problems of life often have the control to where we are just that little steel bearing that is in the pinball machine. And life is bouncing us all the way off of these bumpers. And we're going every different direction. And it's because we do not have a disciplined mind. A disciplined mind. They say that 80% of 20-year-olds that were raised in church walk away from the church never to come back. Was it they were not given good information? Was it that there was not truth given to them? No, but when they leave and now all of a sudden they are the one responsible for their actions, they did not take what they were given and embrace it, and now life just happens. I don't think that it's really a purposeful thing to say, you know what, God, I don't have time for you. But that's really what the end result was. That now the, the importance of God in our life has changed. So a sound mind. And this is an area that is an attack of the evil one. Mental health. Now, on May 7th of this year, uh, there was a uh, medical journal that put out a report, and in that report, uh, that it was titled, uh, As COVID-19 Crisis Ebbs in the U.S., Experts Brace for Some, ex for some to Experience Psychological Fallout. They are in the medical field. They are getting prepared for all the ramifications of the kids being out of school for an entire year. They're getting ready for the, the mental uh, problems and pressures, the fallout of the moms who are, are trying to work at home and school their kids at the same time, uh, trying to figure out how to deal with all the different pressures of those that have lost jobs and uh, the, the cost of living has gone up and all these different problems that people are facing and have faced because of the, the, uh, uh, the last year's pandemic. With that, uh, what we see is they are bracing for an, a, an, a, a mental health fallout. What are they saying? People's minds are scattered. People's ability to think properly, to think in a healthy way is no longer there. And so the overall health of the mind 
is, is, ha, has been imp- impacted. Uh, the word psychology is driven or is brought from two Greek words. The first word is the word psyche, and it means spirit or soul. The, the set, second part comes from the word logia, which refers to study or research. So it's talking about the study study uh, of the spirit, the soul, the mind. When you look into the word of God, uh, mind, spirit, and soul are all interchangeable based on context. Sometimes when it talks about spirit, of course, it's talking about the spirit of God. Uh, But other times it's talking about the spirit of man. Uh, When you talk about the spirit of man, uh, it also is dealing with your personality, your mind, your your well-being, your soul, uh, and And so uh, those are all interchangeable. We are all created in the image of God, a body, soul, and spirit. We have a triune God, uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He made us in three parts as well, a body, a soul, and a spirit. The body is the vessel uh, that you see. Uh, The soul is the real you. That is your personality. That is your intellect. That is who you are. And that's how you communicate with other people. But then the spirit of man in in context with God is the part of man that communicates with God. So the soul of man communicates with man. The spirit of man communicates with with God. So when Adam died in the garden, or when when he sinned in the garden, and God said, in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, he did not fall down physically dead. What died was his spirit. Spirit, the part of him that communicated with God died. That's why the Bible says, and you hath he quickened. The word quickened is to make alive again. When you got saved before salvation, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were already condemned uh, to a devil's hell. It wasn't that we had to live a certain way or break so many commandments. Uh, When you you were born, uh, we were born in Adam. We were born in the, the natural sinful state. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. We already knew how to do that. Uh, All you have to do is go into the two and three-year-old class right over here. And you watch those sweet little kids. Man, they are wonderful until somebody takes their toy. And all of a sudden, the demon comes out, and they grab that toy, and they whack the other one over the top of the head with it. Uh, And what is that? That is that sin nature. Uh, We didn't have to be taught how to sin. We were sin, sinners, naturally. Uh, But when you got saved, that was a supernatural experience. You accepted Christ as your Savior. And if you're here this morning, and you're not saved, you don't know if you died right now, heaven is going to be your home. Let me tell you, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Getting saved, being born again. John chapter three, Jesus looked at a religious ruler and he said, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You must be born again. Religion will not take you to heaven. Being baptized is not gonna take you to heaven. Putting money in the offering plate 
Let me think about that one a second. Now, that won't take you to heaven. There isn't anything that you and I can do to get ourselves to heaven except to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. His sacrifice when he died on that cross, he was buried and gloriously that third day he rose again. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. It's the good news for man because when we put our faith in the finished work of Christ, we become a child of God, being born again. April 23rd, 1983, you've heard the story on the first and third Sunday of every month, uh, but I, I, I'm not over my salvation, and I don't plan on getting over my salvation. I remember the day I walked an aisle, an uh, Air Force man during the invitation uh, came up to me. I was sitting about where Brother Ron was sitting. He grabbed me by my elbow and said, you know for sure you're going to heaven, and I did not know. And he said, can I show you? And I said, yes, and he walked me down the aisle to the preacher's left, and right there at the the altar. He opened up the word of God and he showed me how I could know that I was going to go to heaven. And that day, that Sunday night, I accepted Christ as my personal savior. You know what? I wouldn't give that up for anything. I mean, it's just amazing what God does. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And don't you know, the greatest gift you can ever receive is the gift of salvation. You know, don't, don't forget how great that, that gift is. Don't for, uh, forget how great the giver of that gift is. And what a blessing it is to be a child of God. But with just being a child of God does not mean I'm going to have a healthy mind. I can be saved and depressed. Just ask David. Why is it that we go to the Psalms when we are discouraged? We go to the Psalms because we find a man pouring his heart out. All of the situations, all of the burdens, all of the trials. And he reaches out to his God and he has a genuine relationship. And you can sense and you can see the love that he has for God, the trust that he has for God. And what does that do for us? That helps us to see that we can come to God as well. And, and, and we find comfort in, in sensing and seeing what God is doing there in David's life. But let me tell you, if you study the life of David, you'll find a man that's, that's, that really struggled with depression. You can see it in his writings. He was overwhelmed. And I'm not minimizing the circumstances that he went through. If I was in those circumstances, I would be overwhelmed as well. Uh, but what we find is that David found a way, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. What does that tell me? David had a sound mind. David had a self-disciplined mind that he knew how to work out of the pressures and burdens of life. You know, we can't choose what hand we're going to be dealt. I was just talking to a man early this morning was asking me about whether or not he could bring his son to church because he, he's autistic. And I said, absolutely. So we've got a family that's sitting in church that will be here this morning that have a son who's autistic. 
You know, there are different problems that we are all faced with. There are different struggles that we have. But why is it that some allow those problems to destroy them and others allow them to sharpen them? The difference is whether or not they have a sound mind. A sound mind. The ability to discipline their thoughts. Have you ever woke up feeling sick? You didn't really feel too bad, but you felt a little sick. And you thought about it. Man, I wonder if I should call in. I don't know. I'm, I don't really feel that good. No, I'm all right. Oh, I, you start thinking about it. Pretty soon, you're calling in sick. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't make it in. <clears throat> and you're so sick, now you can't get off the bed. But really, it wasn't that bad. What happened? You talked yourself into it. Other times, you woke up not feeling too good, but you knew you had a lot to do. And all of a sudden, you said, ah, I got to go. I got to push myself. You know what happens? You forget about being sick. You completely forget about it. Now, if you're really sick, you're not going to forget about it. I mean, that's just the reality. But there are some times we can talk ourselves into it. There's other times that we can just move right through it. And what's the difference? The difference isn't uh, how we really feel. It wasn't really our physical well-being. What it was was the condition of our mind. The condition of our mind. And as we look at this for the next two hours, uh, we're going to look at uh, mental health. And I haven't even looked at my notes yet. Uh, so uh, mental health. Uh, there's different kinds of mental uh, health issues. Uh, several of them here. Uh, the four that they break it out, medically speaking, is social anxiety disorders, separation anxiety disorders, panic anxiety disorders, and then the phobias and fears. And those are four different classifications. And from those four different classifications, they will break out all the different symptoms and all of the different ways to address these different issues in life. But let me tell you something. Uh, there is a real problem uh, that all of us face in our own personal mental health, and it is an attack of the evil one. There is a spiritual battle that we face because the devil wants to discourage us. The devil wants to destroy us. And, 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 and here as I, I look at this as a pastor and as a counselor, I, I, I watch people and I see how their mental health changes and there really was nothing else that took place other than the fact that they stopped feeding themselves spiritually. You know, when you start to become discouraged and depressed, the first thing you want to do is get away from people and isolate. Well, let me tell you something. The house of God, part of being a part of the church is that it's not only what you get, it's what you give. The very people that are your support group 
for the Christian, it's the, it's the church. It's not some crowd on Thursday or Friday night. Now, I am, we've got a recovery program. And I am not anti-AA much. AA helped our family. My mom was an alcoholic. She went through AA. She got helped. And I'm thankful for that. But AA is not, the, is not the replacement for church. A higher one is different than the higher one. The a, a, a higher power is different than God Almighty and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the church, the believer. Uh, there is a plan that God has to help deal with the mental health of the believer. And let me tell you, staying at home is not it. He said, well, pastor, I'm here. I know, but will you be here next week? Well, you know, I struggle with, yep, I know. And does it get better when you stay home? No. I have never talked to anybody that said, you know what, it just was better for me to go home and isolate and dig that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. You know what happens? They get into that place and they start taking meds and more meds. They start turning to drugs and alcohol. All of a sudden, their whole world changed. They made a decision that was not a self-disciplined spiritual decision to remove themselves from the very support group that God had for them. You know, being in the house of God is his plan to help us with mental health. He wants us to have a sound mind. Somebody was telling me this, this week, they said, Pastor, I don't know how you deal with everybody's problems. Well, if I was dealing with it by myself, I couldn't do it. I mean, I've got enough problems just in my own life. I mean, I'm married. <laughs> She's still smiling. It's all good. We, we, have, we have life's problems just like everybody else. Why, why do you go to somebody for help? Why do you go uh, to some of the, the people in church, the Franklins or some of the staff? Or uh, why would you come for counsel to somebody? You wouldn't go to somebody who is unstable. What is the difference? Is it that their life is just perfect? They don't have any problems? No, they have learned to have a sound mind. It's on purpose. It's something that's available to all of us. It's not for an elect few. 
You see, the devil wants to destroy our mental health because if he can, if he can get us to where we are unstable in our thinking, think about Jacob when he was on his deathbed and he looked at his oldest son Reuben. He said, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. There was a curse on him based on, there was a pronouncement that there was going to be nothing good in the, in the future for this man. Why? Because he did not have have a sound mind. He was not self-disciplined in his thinking. He was not living on purpose. He was not choosing to bring into his life things that are important. Uh, just like you uh, and me, we have to figure out what helps us. I have learned to self-medicate. And I'm not talking about Prozac. And I'm not talking about the different medicines. I have to figure out what helps me be what I need to be. I have to put that into my life on purpose. Now, if somebody has, me has need for medicines, I am not against medicine. I'm thankful for doctors. I'm thankful for the opportunities to get help that we need. But let me tell you, as a whole, they are, they are promoting the mental unhealthiness because it's a, it's a paycheck. How many of you ever walked into your doctor and told him you didn't feel good and he's like, okay, we'll come back in two weeks. It's like, well, you didn't do anything here. What are you gonna do in two weeks besides take my 200 bucks? We'll come back in two weeks. With our recovery program, we have taken people in that are on meds and some of the meds are on a monthly referral. They have to go back in because they are addictive. They have to go back in and see the doctor to get the next month's prescription. We would take them in to see the doctor. The receptionist would go grab the prescription from the doctor charge the 200 bucks and just hand a prescription. No doctor at all. No visit. Didn't even leave the, the counter. What is it? It's a money train. You know, in life, when you need to go see a doctor, go see the doctor. But there's a battle for our mind. And the devil is wanting to, to uh, uh, he, he is attacking our mind. Uh, God hath not given us the spirit uh, of fear. That is a spirit of cowardice is the word that is used there. Uh, or he has given us a spirit, not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. 
That's a controlling influence. The ability uh, to control, manifesting influence over the reality is what the actual definition is going. And he's saying, listen, you've got problems. You, I have given you the spirit of power to be able to overcome and deal with the problems supernaturally. And that's what God says. I have given you the power, not the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And so that sound mind uh, is a way that he wants us to have, uh, uh, have that discipline, that controlled mind. Uh, the words moderation, sensibility, sound judgment, all of those come out of that word. Uh, it's causing someone to be wise. It's an action. It means that we are able to overcome the pressures. He doesn't want us to have a double mind. James 1.8, a double-minded man is unstable in his all in all his ways. Uh, James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. God doesn't want there to be that double-mindedness, that unsurety, that fear, uh, that uh, vacillating back and forth. God wants us to have a sound mind, a disciplined mind to where we are going the right direction. And you know what? He has given us a Bible to help guide us. Principles that we can live by. And what happens is that when I don't feel like doing right, I have some principles that are gonna guide me. I am mentally choosing to do what I know I should do when I would rather do something else. I am forcing myself to do what I know that God has already told me to do. And the result is that I win. The result is God's recipe or God's prescription for life is going to bring victory. It brings victory. We're not going to go there this morning for time's sake, but in James or Mark chapter 5, verses 5 to 15, we find the, the maniac of Gadara. And this maniac of Gadara comes and he sees the Lord. And, and uh, uh, the, the Lord asks him, uh, what is his name? And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. So this man was possessed of a legion of demons. And God, the Lord Jesus Christ, cast the demons out. And in the next, uh, the next image that you see is you see this man who was naked, who had cut himself, who was uh, supernaturally uh, powerful because of the power of Satan in his life, uh, the, uh, the possession uh, of the evil one, a thousand demons. Uh, this man here, now the Bible says he was seated clothed and in his right mind. You see, the devil will steal your mental health. He'll steal your mental health. You see, when you find yourself struggling, you find yourself feeling like you don't have the ability to deal with the problems in life and it's all starting to come apart. Let me tell you, there is an evil one who is behind the, the mental health that you have. But the, the wonderful thing is, though the devil goes to steal our mental health, uh, we see that uh, the Lord is the one that gives us mental health. God gives a 
God gives us a sound mind. A sound mind. So that means that I don't have to just take what life deals me. There is a victim mentality in our nation. We are not the victim of our circumstances. Do we believe in a sovereign God? That was sorry. Do we believe in a sovereign God? Does God love me? Let's say that together. God loves me. Say that. God loves me. Say it again. God loves me. If God is sovereign, and if God loves me, then he can help me through anything that I'm dealing with. Amen. And my choices of how I deal with the problems that God allows into my life, it is on purpose. God says, I've given you a sound mind. I've given you the ability to not be a victim, but to be a victor. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And though we have an enemy that wants to destroy and we have an enemy that wants to discourage and an enemy that wants to devour us, we have a God in heaven who loves us and he knows how to help us. But if we are going to uh, have victory over our own mental health, it is going to be because we purposefully choose to think on the things that God says that we are to think on. Take your Bibles, go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Philippians 4, 8. And I'm going to skip the, most of my message here this morning. Uh, but Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, uh, I think I've got seven points for you today, and we're going to just go to uh, two. Uh, but uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, of good, are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. God said, listen, I have given you the, the recipe for good mental health. If any of us wanted to, we could think about the negatives in our life and discourage us. We could look at the failures we could look at our maybe failing health. We could, we could look at the losses, a loved one. We could, we could look at problems that we have faced. And we could dig ourselves into a, a depression. But that's not where God wants us to live. He said in John 10, he said, I am come that they might have life that they might have it more abundantly. The Christian life is not a depressed life. Amen. You know, as believers, I, I mean, I've got it on my prayer list, smile. 
I don't, I don't really have to pray about it anymore. It's just part of who I am now. But when I, when I, uh, was, when I heard somebody say something about that, I was talking to a brother Mutchler one time. He said, Brother Kerry, he says, you need to make sure you're smiling. And I was like, smiling? He's like, you just need to smile. And you know what? I sort of embraced that. I grabbed a hold of that. You know what? It makes a difference. As a Christian, why are we moping around? Why, why is the normal countenance a scowl? Brother Perry? <laughs> Just smile. <laughs> no, why, why is that normal countenance something that is just sort of a blank look? Do we have joy? Well, man, tell your face. We set ourselves up for bad mental health because we don't do anything on purpose to have good mental health. We think on the negative, and I'm gonna deal with some of this tonight, uh, and so if you had to choose between being here this morning or tonight, plan on being here tonight, uh, but uh, uh, the, the mental health, uh, we, we think about things, we allow influences in our life that discourage us, why? Turn off the news. <laughs> Don't read everybody's drama. Don't get sucked into the Facebook stuff. Twitter wars and all of that garbage. Don't get sucked into these videos of everybody tearing everybody else apart. Why? I mean, there is so much good. Why do we want to focus on the negative? And you know what? The devil is a master. He knows that if he can get us discouraged and depressed, he knows he has just crippled us. If I'm discouraged and I'm depressed and I'm isolating myself, I'm not being a light for my Savior. I'm not edifying and encouraging any other believer I have rendered myself useless. All by myself. And there's an evil one who wants to cause us to be rendered ineffective. Let's not allow that to be case, the case. We are under attack we got to guard our minds. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. We've got to control our thinking. Philippians 4.8. And in doing so, we can enjoy the blessings of 2 Timothy 1.7. He hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. And Lord, just the opportunity to be able to uh, encourage one another. And I pray today that that would be the case. Uh, Lord, there are people here this morning that if they, if they chose to, they could weep 
just immediately thinking about the negatives and problems that they have faced and are going on in their life. But I pray, Lord, that you would help them to have a good mental health. I pray that you would help them to have a sound mind. And Lord, may that be the case for all of us. May we put up some, uh, some barriers in our life that will help us uh, stay on the right track. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what the Lord spoke to your heart about this morning. Maybe there's an area there when we're talking about salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior. The first decision, that the most important decision you can ever make is to accept Christ. And if you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, uh, we want to have the opportunity to take the Bible and show you what God has to say about you going to heaven. But maybe you're here this morning and you're saved. You're a child of God. But you struggle with your mental health. Maybe you're not staying focused the way you need to be focused. I don't know what it is that God is doing, but I know he didn't have me preach this message for no reason at all. So whatever the Lord has done in your life, you respond. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord has led you to make a decision for him, let me encourage you to do so. If you're unsure of your salvation, you come. Pastors are down front. We'll have, have them show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Uh, maybe you just need to talk to the Lord about your mind and the health. Let's just do what God would have us to do. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.